Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, Kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. Hello, friends. I want to start out today in a different way than I usually do. I usually don't include our call to worship for our gathered time of worship in the sermon that goes on YouTube or the podcast. But I want to include that call to worship today because I really do think it's a part of the whole experience. How does it feel when God isn't showing up in all of the things, all of the life experiences that used to feel like the places where God did show up? God doesn't leave us alone in our darkest times, but that doesn't mean that God shows up in the way that we expect. There's a story in 1 Kings 18 and 19 of Elijah, and he experienced God in an amazing way, including fire from heaven, rocks being obliterated, a heavy wind and rain. But then Elijah finds himself in a very dark situation where he feels completely alone and like he's the only one left. And he's asking, where is God now? And we all have a tendency to look for God however God showed up last time. We look for God to show up in the way that we expect God to show up, which is shaped by our own experiences. So in Elijah's story, a fire shows up. And last time, God was totally in the fire. But this time, God is not in the fire. And then the rocks are obliterated by an earthquake. And the last time that God showed up, God was in the rocks being obliterated. But this time, no God. Then there's a mighty wind. And last time, God was in the wind. But this time, God isn't in the wind. Can you connect with how discouraging it is to look for God in three different experiences that used to feel full of God, but now they just feel empty and hollow? And that's after already being at an all-time low? How does it feel when God isn't showing up in all of the experiences that used to feel like God was there? Well, the story doesn't end at that point, even though it's often where it feels like the story ends when we are living it. Finally, there comes something that Elijah never expected. There comes something new. A gentle whisper, a still, small voice saying, 
what are you doing here, Elijah? And in that story, I hear that story saying something very important to you and to me. God is coming to you. God always comes to you, but often not in the way that you expect. So jumping in to what we're doing today, we've spent the last few weeks looking at some pretty heady material in our Faith and Doubt series. We've looked at Genesis in its ancient context and Genesis and science and it's been intellectual and exploring all the possibilities and all of the angles, and it may have made your head spin. And I'm sorry if it did. We have spent time there because what rocks the faith of some people are the heady types of questions, the intellectual conundrums. And when people don't experience their faith community as a place where they can wrestle honestly with their doubts and their questions, they tend to just walk away from their faith community altogether. They'll go somewhere else to wrestle with their questions. And so as some of those questions were shared in our survey of doubts, we've been wrestling with those questions. But today, we're taking a sharp left turn. We're going from the head to the heart. We're going from the cognitive to the emotional, to the experiential. At the beginning of the sur survey, the series, I asked, what has rocked your faith the most? And 24% of our Neetart's Friends Church, church family, answered with bad things happen. So let me just review and share some of those answers. These are the things that have rocked your faith the most. Marital strife and breaking up. Trusting that God loves me enough to come through for me and then when what I'm asking for doesn't happen in my timeline, my faith gets rocked. When my parents were back in my life, then just as they came back, they were gone. When my life feels void of love, loneliness, my health, being strong and having faith to fight health issues, emotional and mental health can be a source of doubt, betrayal and deception from someone I trusted and was vulnerable with, made everything else feel shaky and uncertain, including my faith. Lack of respect, connection, generosity, or thankfulness. A loved one's marriage and life decisions. Wanting and thinking that life was going in one direction and then realizing that the door for that was a hard close. Being willing and feeling rejected because what I thought I could do didn't actually fit feeling like it doesn't make a difference, waiting on God, frustration, trusting that God loves me enough to come through for me, and then when what I'm asking for doesn't happen in my timeline, my faith gets rocked, waiting for years for an answer to prayer, 
the sometimes not always silence of God. Watching students go through unthinkable experiences. Why is it possible for the most innocent to experience the most pain? God's role as creator alongside the existence of cancer, disease, viruses, bacteria, prions, radiation poisoning, brain-eating amoebas, bot flies, etc. Viewing inequities in our society, watching evil be glorified in the media. And I also asked not only what has shaken your faith, but do you know any of the reasons that your friends, relatives, or neighbors walked away from faith? And here are a few of those answers that also have to do with bad things happen. The death of a child, early death, divorce. One of my friends used to fully believe in God. He'd go to church, read the Bible, etc. At one point, though, something not good happened in his family that more or less shattered his faith. He slowly lost his trust in a lot of things. In his mind, God was against him. Natural disasters, evil in the world, etc. Pain and suffering that they can't escape from. Very hard things in the world, violence, disaster, etc. Why would God allow this to happen? They had expectations of a better life, but trials, health, financial issues were overwhelming them. Hurt, sickness, disaster present in the world. If God is all-powerful and all-loving, then why do bad things happen? Now, before I offer a single word of explanation or wrestling with these things, I just want to pause and honor the depth of pain that we're talking about here, the pain that has been shared. Friedrich Buchner says, here's the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen. And the pain of what some of you all have lived through and the pain of what your loved ones have lived through is truly terrible. It runs so much deeper than anything that you would have expected. You never saw these experiences coming and it hurts. It can feel so cold and so alone and so hopeless. These are not the kinds of experiences that you can just keep corralled in the world of ideas inside of your head because we're talking about broken hearts and crushed dreams and shattered trust and traumatized bodies that can no longer separate. That was then from this is now. And we're talking about blood spilled on dark streets and ventilators that get turned off and lives cut short and children who no longer feel safe, and families torn apart, and marriages splintered, and betrayal, and human violation, and that numb feeling of total devastation when you receive the news of a loved one dead or a vital relationship lost, and what happens when your world gets turned upside down and you have to hold on to a table or a chair or a counter or something just to stay standing up because your world is spinning out of control. And we're talking about eyes that can't stop crying and 
when your insides just feel like they've been eaten away and hollow and lost and empty and pain that drains you down to the bottom where you don't have anything left. Experiences where evil wins and relationships disintegrate and everything just looks hopeless and broken. These are the kinds of experiences that really do cause a crisis of faith. Does God just leave people to suffer? When the most innocent victims scream out into the dark and there's no rescue, it's a real question. Is there a God out there? If God is all-powerful and all-knowing, why doesn't God do something? If God is all-loving, then how could he allow this? And how are you supposed to pray to a God who you cried out to in your very worst moment, and then your life still fell apart? Your loved one still died. You lost everything. So there really aren't words for this kind of a crisis. There aren't clean lines of rational thought when everything in your life is shattered. There's only that brutal ache of loss. And for many people, it's not only that their life is shattered, it's that their picture of God feels like it got shattered somehow. They expected God to show up in a certain way, and God was a no-show. And for some people, it's just too much. So they walk away from God altogether. So we're going to spend the remainder of our time today exploring the anatomy of this kind of a crisis of faith. And I want to acknowledge right up front, we don't have time today to tackle it all. Because we are spending our time with the experiential end of things, we really aren't getting into the questions of causation. Like we're not getting into, well, did God cause this event? Or how could God allow this? Or why did this happen? We will get there in the weeks to come. I still remember the day this past spring when I read what you all wrote about both your doubts, your experiences of disconnection from God, about all these terrible things that happen in this world, and then reading about the times when you have felt the deepest connection to God. And I remember really being blown away, flabbergasted at how the answers to these two separate questions really connected. It felt like seeing the invisible hand of God reaching out to you in the midst of your pain. 24% of you said, I feel disconnected from God when these bad things happen. And 21% of you said that the place where you have felt connected to God has been in the midst of pain and hardship. Now, you didn't have to mention any of those experiences of pain. All I asked was, well, name the times when you felt the deepest connection to God, and yet your second most common experience of connection to God has been in the midst of pain and suffering. So I want to walk you back through some of those answers because I think they matter. So I said, name the times when you felt the deepest connection to God, and you all said, 
shootings. I lost two friends shot dead. He said when times were stressful and real. When I felt secure in him, even though our plane was six seconds from crashing into the ice, or when the side of the boat had broken loose from the frame as we were crossing a lake. You said in times of desperation, in the loss of a job, when God first opened my eyes to the fact that something tragic had been done to me, not something I had done, this was the beginning of a lifelong and ongoing life change, and for the first time I knew that God loved me. Loss of loved ones, struggles in personal life. When I was broken and people came and surrounded me with love and support, when I can be and do this for others. Times of darkness and despair, my loved one's hospital visit, people stopped to help outside my comfort zone, had to rely on others, forced to. After going through something hard together, a fight, a loss, disappointment. When God spoke healing words to my heart in a clearer way than ever before, after I experienced loss and betrayal, after overcoming challenges, usually sometime after, not always right away, gathered community around, prayer from one another, particularly when we're in the midst of suffering. Vietnam. When with the closest times with family, happy and sad, beautiful and ugly. Times of despair, in deepest sadness, in prayer. When did you feel connected to God? When sitting with and listening to the pain of others. During 25 years of ministry with the Groveland Church, not saying it was true that the connection was actually any deeper, but I felt that connection was deeper. The truest deep connection probably happened after that, during my 15 years of wilderness wandering after the ministry. A time when I was full of anxiety and God changed my life profoundly through his grace and love. When God spoke healing words to my heart in a clearer way than ever before, after I experienced loss and betrayal, Death of a family member. Wow. God really has showed up in the midst of your pain and suffering. 24% of our doubts and disconnection come in the midst of bad things happening. And 21% of our God connections happen in the midst of pain and suffering. Seeing that God shows up so much in the midst of pain and suffering, causes me to wonder, well, why? Why do our experiences of pain and suffering and evil cause such a profound crisis of faith? Why is this the second most common cause of a crisis of faith? And so I want to explore something about the anatomy of this kind of a crisis of faith by sharing here out of my own personal experience and out of observation of what others have told me about their own personal experiences. Your life takes a turn that you couldn't have imagined and never would have expected, and all of a sudden you feel like you are miles down in a deep, dark cave, darker than you could imagine. 
my own experiences of suffering have felt like the darkest dark. And I'm sure some of your experiences of suffering have felt like the darkest dark. And you're saying, how did my life come to this? And how did this happen? And where am I? And how am I supposed to escape this? And which way is out? And God help. And you're completely disoriented. You have no idea which direction to reach out or to step because any direction that you step in the midst of a pitch black cave could be certain death and you scream into the darkness and you call for rescue and you call for lights and nothing. And you think about how God came to you the last time that you were in the dark. Because as we all know, God does come to us in the dark. And so personally, one of the last times that I found myself in the midst of the darkest dark, God lit up my darkness by giving me what I'll call a small flashlight that I realized, oh, I've got this in my pocket through imaginative prayer practices. The last time I was going through a really hard time, God came to me vividly through imaginative prayer practices and spoke some words that really did light up the darkness around me enough to navigate my way along. So maybe for you, the last time you found yourself in the darkest dark, God gave you a small flashlight in your pocket of a garden or a pet or journaling the Psalms, or meditation, or deep breathing, or scripture memorization, or walks in nature. And this is how God came to you the last time you got life got really hard or fell apart. So there you are. You're calling out to God in the midst of your darkest dark. And of course, you reach your hand into your pocket this time and you try to flick on that small flashlight that really saved your bacon. Last time life became hard. And so you dig into scripture, whatever it was last time, you get back into your prayer practices. You get back into meditation, back into walks in nature, back into gardening. For me, maybe I get back into the imaginative prayer practices, whatever it was that really helped you last time. And this is where the crisis of faith happens. Because there you are, you're down in the darkest dark, reaching in your pocket for that flashlight and no batteries. Your flashlight is dead. This is where the crisis happens for people. It's you're crying out to God, and then you're reaching out to that thing that helped so much last time. But this time, Scripture feels dry and lifeless. This time, your prayers don't feel like they're doing anything. Meditation and walks in nature aren't cutting it. This time, your tomatoes all die in your garden, and the broccoli gets filled up with aphids. Or you do the imaginative prayer practice, and it just isn't the same. And so... Now you are miles down in the darkest dark and you don't know which direction to turn and you're calling out 
to God to help you, and God is a no-show. The early church father, John of the Cross, calls this experience the dark night of the soul. It's also the anatomy of a crisis of faith for plenty of people. This is where people walk away from God when it feels like God is a no-show. God isn't showing up in the way that they expect. And so they conclude that God isn't coming to rescue them. Or maybe they say there just isn't any God anyways. So there you are. You're in the darkest cave, screaming into the oblivion with no answer and no batteries for your flashlight. And God's a no-show. And to make matters worse, you fall over a random stick and skin your knee. And then you realize, wait a minute, it's a stick. I can tap the ground one step ahead of me. I can swipe the air. I can see if I'm going to smoke my head on a rock. It's not a flashlight, but I can use it to navigate And that stick that you fall over in your darkest dark may be a new author or a new friendship or exercise or a healthier diet or a new spiritual practice or painting or learning how to install tile, etc. You trip over something that you realize might help you somehow make your way along in the darkness. And sometimes you don't think to ask until much farther down the road. Well, wait a minute. What's a stick doing down here in this cave? You might not realize it right away. In fact, sometimes it takes years to realize, but eventually you come to see that the stick was God's way of answering your prayers for rescue. For me, a recent stick has been writing poetry based on a meditative reading of scripture. Time and time again, this is what I find. This is what I hear other people tell me as well. That God does come to us in the midst of suffering, but God rarely comes to us in the way that we expect. God doesn't come this time the way that God came to us Last time, God comes as a gentle, quiet surprise. Or to go back to our call to worship, a still small voice when we were maybe looking for fire or an earthquake or wind. When you all wrote about God coming to you, when I said, name the times when God has come to you and you felt connected, And you wrote about all these experiences of God coming to you in the midst of pain and suffering. My guess is that the vast majority of those experiences were not about God coming to you as a reusable flashlight. But more so, those were experiences of God showing up in a new way. A way that you didn't really expect. It was a stick that you tripped over in the darkness. And you came to see, oh, this is God coming to me. I notice an impulse in myself. I notice that 
I want to tell people about my flashlight experiences and my stick experiences because I want to tell them, hey, look, if you find yourself miles down in a deep, dark cave of pain and suffering, just do this. That's what I want to tell them. Just do this imaginative prayer practice and God will show you the way out. Or just write some poetry based on a meditative reading of scripture and God will show up. And the reason that I want to say that to them is because I want my flashlight and my stick to be the recipe. Just do this and God will show up. And underneath it, I just want to know that no matter what deep, dark cave I find myself in, that I have a flashlight or a stick I can hang on to. Because I don't want to be all alone, waiting in the dark without anything or anyone. And so what I end up doing is treating my stick or my flashlight like they are God. The anatomy of a crisis of faith is often about how you expect God to show up. Is God a tooth fairy? Is God a wish-granting God? A genie-in-a-bottle God? A helicopter parent type of God? Does God look at your pain from a long ways off and say, uh, I, I got a couple other orders up. I might get there. Or does God share your suffering? Does God take on humanity and fall into your darkest cave? Does God plummet into your pain and sit with you in your darkness and understand it from the inside out? Does God bloody God's knees on the same rocks that you get scraped up on and call out into the same darkness, Help! Why aren't you answering? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does God join us as we walk and fall and crouch and roll and crawl our way forward? On this journey of transformation as we become the person God has known we were all along. The Apostle Paul says, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Hidden. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. A final reflection question. This was our big discussion question on Sunday. I'd invite you to chat with someone if you have someone to chat with. Otherwise, just reflect on this. Reflect on the difference between how you expect God to show up in your life and how God actually shows up. Name a stick that you've encountered in your experiences of darkness and describe your process of realizing that stick just might be from God.
Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.